Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so, large device or small, video or audio. John here, Hannah there, and it's another round where we've gone from week zero and we're heading to week one, which a lot of folks would sit there and say we're heading from week one to week two. But But it's week one. Uh Uh-huh. Feeling good, feeling energized. I'm fancy today. Yeah, you are. Did my hair, did my makeup, you know? Yeah, uh, well, and I, I did not. <laughs> I usually come in here hot on Mondays, but, you know, I had some extra time this morning. The girls woke me up at, a, you know, a cool 6.30 a.m., so I had all the time in the world. Well, you, you had mentioned that you think you, need, you needed, like, an extra hour to, to prepare with the girls to get ready I to know. come down to be, to be here in a comfortable time, uh, a comfortable temporal fashion. Yeah. Uh, did, did that help, the, the 6.30 well, help, or was when, that too when much? they're up, too. Okay. It's a learning. It's a learning curve. Last week was a tornado. Yes. Like maybe like an F seven, <laughs> and then uh, you know now we're down to like maybe an F four. Commander Sandy, is so. there such a thing as an F seven tornado? Absolutely. I don't know about that. We'll there is an F seven. Well, I'm gonna well, Google that. Yeah, so check check the Fujita <laughs> scale and see if they go up to F seven for us. Well, that was me last week, just trying to um, learn how to. Get ready for shows <laughs> with the girls in the morning. So well, it's a little different when you don't have to get so ready and it's just a normal work week. But now with football season, it's just, you know. Well, and, and last week, it was the beginning of Football Fridays in Georgia. Denmark and Roswell. It was. Very, very cool up there at Raymanus Stadium last Friday night. Hornets took it 35-10. to 10. Part of that was because Denmark junior quarterback Jacob Nelson went out. He was hurt. But uh, Roswell had a lot of players step up as well. Yeah, Nakai Davenport rushed for 144 on 14, had a touchdown. K.J. Smith at quarterback, had a bit of a rough stretch in the middle. He did. 8-16 for 154 and 2. And uh, for those of you who haven't had the chance to see it, check out the interview that Hannah did with Sham Wow. Big Sham Wow. I mean, that was some that was some fun stuff. It was a great interview. And it's on our uh, our uh, digital media, so you can catch up with with Sham Wow and catch up with that. He, he's he's ready for this season, and he's ready for Knoxville. He's gonna be, he's gonna be a fun follow. So this was my third year doing the recruiting interviews, right? And he is by far my favorite interview. Okay. Because he was so excited to do it. You know, we have like these kids and you know they they are big time they're big time in their bubble but you can tell when you're you know you're interviewing a kid that they're kind of like you know too cool for school well sham was unapologetically excited to be interviewed to be on our show he kept saying how pumped he was <laughs> he was on time Dude, i mean man. we interviewed he was early he was excited and so that was a really fun interview and this is story about his family coming over from russia and, and choosing georgia because of the landscape matched their home country He's Turkish. Yes. And his family just, I was like, you know, why'd you pick Georgia? And they were the landscape, the people, you know, the hospitality. They wanted that. And they ended up in Roswell, Georgia, then went on to Alpharetta, Georgia, and the rest is history. But it's a really cool story. And after this year, if he signs on the line that is dotted, he's going to Knoxville to hang out with the Volunteer Navy. The dogs. He So he chose, he chose Tennessee over LSU, Georgia, 
and Michigan State, and the dogs made a really heavy push the mm-hmm. final weeks to get him to stay in state, and it, it didn't work. So well, Tennessee's getting some heavy hitters. A, always be B, C, Cruton, always be Cruton. So uh, until until ap- the week after the championships, when everybody starts sending in the faxes, I think this is That's when the recruiting when for see... Sham has already, it's, it's when a business has picked up for Sham Umarov. Well, he's all in Tennessee right now. So, so Hornets take that one, 35 to 10. Our streaming game was Dublin versus Wilco at the Shamrock Bowl in Dublin. Fighting Irish blanked them 21 to nothing, John, and that was a, a special one. You were covering that one. Yeah, it was fun last week to catch up with Roger Holmes on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast and their 1,000th game. Got the W. One, got 100th <laughs> season. It was 7 nothing for a long time, and then in the third and fourth quarter in the second half, uh, Dublin distanced themselves from Wilco to get the win 21 nothing. Fireworks after the fact. And a big shout-out to uh, Globetrotter Greg, who was down there at the Greg Shamrock Jackson. Bowl. To, uh, to shoot, shooter, yeah. Who, shooter who, bring that, who brought that experience back to everybody on gpb.org from the Shamrock Bowl. Very, very cool. We're going to be doing that uh, as many times as we can this year to have that second screen experience. And it'll be really fun to kind of tour the state and just kind of be there, just have that live look-in for all of these games that were – Kind of keeping an eye on, and when we know what our uh, live look-in game will be for this week, we'll let you know on all of our social media platforms. we got a great guest coming up, new Colquitt County head coach Sean Calhoun, and we will preview our game of the week, Crisp County at Westlake, coming mm-hmm. up. But I want to do a whip around of our top five games we had our eye on. Yeah. On Friday, and we'll start with a Freedom Bowl game where three-time Georgia State champion Buford took down three-time Alabama State champion Thompson. That always feels good. 38-7. The Wolves allowed only 155 yards, and Justice Haynes rushed for 92 yards on 17 carries and returned to kickoff for 97 yards for a score. Big night for Justice. Yeah, and that's one of the big storylines this year for football here in the state of Georgia. Justice Haynes going from Blessed Trinity to Buford. Buford top-ranked in 7A in a lot of different polls. And so Buford holds Thompson to only seven points on the board. And the 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 circular nature of high school football, this week, this Friday, Buford plays Mallard Creek of North Carolina, the former location of head coach Mike Palmieri, who is now the head coach at Denmark. Can't make this stuff up. No, you can't. <laughs> so Buford continues their globetrotting schedule, hosting Mallard Creek on Friday night. There's also a crazy ironic circle with our guests coming up as well. That You'll is true. Stick around to hear that question and answer. Mm-hmm. Then North Cobb and Westlake featured two of the 10 Georgia Power 100 quarterbacks in Westlake's R.J. Johnson and North Cobb's Malachi Singleton. The Warriors were too much for the Lions. Winning 21-17, to Singleton rushed for 110 yards on 16 carries, and he was 13 of 25 passing for 92 more yards. Yeah, and so it's going to be fun. So this is a bit of a, uh, a tease for later that uh, uh, one of those teams will, will be on our air this upcoming Friday night, so we'll talk about that one a little later on. Head coach Josh Niblett made his debut for Gainesville on Friday. He won six state titles at Hoover High and can add another W to his resume over Coach Alan Chadwick in Georgia. They beat Marist 34-23. to The final score was what I just said. Up 27-7, yeah. to Up 27-7 early. Then you get your adjustments from Alan Chadwick, and it was – uh, you know, it was 27-23, and then you end up with Maris getting the score late. Josh Niblett, I'm putting out the bat signal now. Josh Niblett 
Josh Niblett. Coach Niblett to the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast, please. <laughs> Josh Niblett to the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Okay, so now I that I think he heard you. Yeah, well, now that I've completely and totally freaked out uh, Jake the Snake and, and <laughs> King James by doing that to our audio system, but now we would like to have a visit from Josh Niblett here on the podcast. We would. The win was the Red Elephants first on the road against a top 10 team since 2015. Just thought I'd drop that little fact in from the GHSF Daily. There you go. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Todd. Yes, thank you, Todd. (laughs) Lee County and Warner Robins was a huge matchup. Each have five season streaks of 11 winning games or more Mm -hmm. and two state titles. Mm -hmm. The Trojans beat the Demons 27-10, to which broke their 30-game winning streak at McConnell-Talbert Stadium. I was pretty surprised by that score. Yeah, I think the the distance is what a lot of folks were looking at. Uh, Usman Kroma for Lee went uh, 20 for 216, and a lot of folks are, are looking at him as one of the top running backs in the state. So putting up that kind of a marker in week number one is is big. And right now, Warner Robins, once again, remember, they're trying to figure out what their starting quarterback situation is going to be. And so I think that that's going to be the the season one question for Warner Robins before they get into region play is how we're going to settle on a starting quarterback. So let's see who that is. And so we'll keep an eye on on uh, Warner Robins. Uh, Lee County gets Hateville Charter. Mm. Winston Gordon, play anybody, any place, anytime, twice on Tuesday. Do not care. They'll be ready. Hateville Charter in Lee County. That one's going to be fun. And finally, a big rivalry matchup between Irwin County and Fitzgerald. The Purple Hurricane battled back, beating the Indians 28-20, to and quarterback Cody Soliday was 11 of 17 passing for 222 yards and a touchdown. Yep, uh, Fitzgerald drives uh, 90, 95 yards in two minutes to lead with uh, 42 seconds to go, and then uh, re- fumble recovery makes it 28-20. to But this one's one of the fun ones. It really is. You yep. know, 10 miles apart, neighboring counties, and uh, it's starting it's, the season off too. With I, it. I but love that, it. But that's the best thing. You yeah. get these rivalry games that start the season off. And, uh, you know, it was great to catch up with Tucker Pruitt and Casey Soliday. And we got to, to air those interviews before the, the game started about what that rivalry means to, to South Georgia. And if you've never been to Buddy Nobles, if you've never been to JC, I'll tell you right now if you've got a free Friday, if your team's not playing, go. Yeah. Bottom line, go see this one. So those are our top five games we were watching. And as always, we got to have a bonus, mm-hmm. an upset. John, AA Columbia beat 7A Camden County mm-hmm. at Chris Gilman Stadium. Yeah, that one was a definite shocker. Columbia made the playoffs last year, as you know, and you have a AA school knocking off a 17A Camden County. That's a, a, that is a signature win for DeKalb County schools out of the blocks. Big win for the Columbia Eagles. And I'm going to throw another thing in the show. Wait a show. second. I thought you, oh, we're going we're gonna to squeeze another thing into the show. Okay. A play of the week. Okay. And this will, we will air this on Counting on the Kickoff. So okay. don't forget to watch Counting on the Kickoff with John and I every Thursday at noon. Yes. be Sports Agreed. Facebook Live. Right. So would you agree this could be like the most insane play of the whole season but already? The thing, yeah, without question. But we've seen it before. Fitzgerald had done it before because really? we aired it on Countdown to Kickoff. Did we? I think it was either last season or two seasons ago where you had the 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 over the shoulder behind mm-hmm, the back mm-hmm. uh, two point conversion pass. We saw Fitzgerald do it. And we've aired it on Countdown to Kickoff. But for Loganville to yeah, get the Duke, yeah, this one was Loganville High School. They played four overtimes against Monroe area to open their season. They had a behind the back no look over the head pass mm-hmm. for a winning touchdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
It was crazy. That's, you got to see it. Yeah. So we and you know it's made it made the top ten on uh, the four letters uh, news program with the hashtag, and so we'll show it to you as well if you haven't had the chance to see us. Or if you're a fan of the Red Devils and would like to be continually reminded of one of the plays <laughs> of the year that happened already this season in Week Zero. Very very cool stuff over uh, the county rival to get the win. All right, it's time to bring in our guest. It's time to bring in our guest. This week, it's Colquitt County head coach Sean Calhoun, and he had some great things to say about being in back in South Georgia. Hey, Coach, great to catch up with you. It is your first season at the helm of the Colquitt County Packers. You are familiar, familiar with them, though. You were the offensive coordinator under Rush Probst in 2014 and 2015. How does it feel to be back? It feels great. Uh, thank you all for having me on the show, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it feels it feels great to be back. Obviously, I'm in a much different seat than I <laughs> than I was back then. You know, see this this one probably gets a little bit warmer at times, but um, but me and my family are just, are just honored, honored and blessed to be here. So you end up getting the Duke. It was a shutout. You play on Saturday, and that kind of that that kind of the, you're used to that uh, Monday preparing for a Friday. How different was it preparing for a Saturday and it's a d- part of a, a doubleheader showcase kind of deal? Yes, sir. So pre- preparing was great because you had an extra day, you know, to do whatever, you know, rest, walk through, more film, whatever. Uh, so, so the preparation was fine. Uh, the doubleheader was fine because we, because we, we were the first game. There you go. But we had a two-hour lightning delay, so that <laughs> so that kind of that kind of bumped some things back. So that second game, I don't think they kicked off till like God, it must have been ten something. Wow. But I think you probably feel it a little more on the back end because normally a Saturday is your day of rest for your kids, you know, and every you know, and everybody else. But obviously, obviously, we didn't have that. And, and I guess the the good thing is that we play Stockbridge and they played Saturday night also. So. Um, that's kind of the same for both teams. Yeah, Stockbridge coming up before we preview that game. You did defeat Deerfield Beach, thirty-seven to nothing. So the lightning delay didn't affect you too much. What did you see on the field Saturday? Did you like what you saw from the guys? Was everything clicking? How would you assess the game? I definitely, I definitely love the outcome, and and you know, and my thing is, we just want to have one more point than than the opponent. We did a lot of really good things. I mean, defensively, getting a shutout. We held them to 47 yards. They had minus 12 yards rushing. Um, you know, had a handful of sacks and pressures. The De- defense was flying around. Offensively, we rushed for over 300 yards. Uh, our our senior running back Charlie Pace, who's who's committed to Georgia State, he was he rushed for almost 200. You know, offensive line played played good. You know, at times. I felt like we were just shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, I felt like we, we probably could have put the game away in the second quarter, you know, and, and uh, we kind of let them just kind of hang around because it was only 14 nothing at halftime. And, um, you know, so just things like that that, 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 that we got to clean up, but I think they're easily fixable. And then when you can talk about all those negatives and still come out with a win, obviously that's a, that's a big time positive. And did you get a lot of reps for second and third teamers as the game got into the 30s and stuff like that? Did you get a lot of bodies to get uh, some action there in the in the first game of the year? We tried to, yes, sir. So the fourth quarter, they actually did a running clock. So you know, sometimes those those running clocks go by real, really fast. But 
late in the third and and the fourth, yes, sir, because we try to clear the benches because you never know when you're going to have those games. I mean, I mean, I just look at our schedule and I don't I don't know if we're going to blow. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to blow anybody out. I think they're all going to be four quarter wars, and so you know, any any time you can get those get those kids in, you definitely want to because they deserve it. Your head coaching career began in 2016. You spent five seasons with Carrollton. The consistency of the quarterfinals every year is amazing. And then you went over to Alabama. You were the head coach at Vestavia Hills last year. So what is the biggest difference in coaching in Alabama than it is Georgia? Um, it, There's just some little little tweaks here and there to me with with how, you know, their governing body, you know, does things you know, to the Georgia high school. I mean, to me, you're, you know, you're still dealing with teenagers and there's, there's, there's really good teams. There's really good coaches, really good players over there, just like Georgia. Um, but some of the biggest things where we played JV in ninth grade on Monday nights, where here in Georgia, we play them on Thursdays. All of our kickoffs were at 7 PM. We're over here, you know, we're seven thirty, even eight o'clock at some places. Um, and I mean, that was, that was probably the biggest thing. I definitely never saw myself leaving the state of Georgia, but I, but I definitely never know where the good Lords are going to take me and my family. And we felt like that's exactly where we needed to be and just didn't know it was only going to be for 12 months. And, <laughs> uh, and then we came back down to, uh, Moultrie, but, um, it was a great year. I'll say that. How different is being a head coach now versus when you first were a head coach? Because I imagine that coaching in and of itself is different over the last handful of years. How different is it being a head coach now than it was when you first were were a head coach? Uh, I think it. I think that difference word can go both ways. I think you know after each year, I think you get a little more organized. I think you can you know plan a little bit farther ahead. I think that backtracks a little bit once you take a new job because, you know, you don't know if all of your ideas and everything that you did can, you know, can can work in your new place that did in the old place. You know, I mean, I'm going from Vestavia Hills to Colquitt County, and it's just much different communities, clientele, demographics, everything. So you just kind of got to adjust to your surroundings and obviously, you know, do do what's going to be the best for that program, you know, and and uh, and to help it flourish for sure. And then obviously, every head coach has gone, you know, has gone through the COVID deal. So I think I think now I think I, I think we're a little better better prepared to you know to handle that. But sometimes it's just on the job training. You know, I kind of I kind of describe it as uh, before you have kids. You know, you know, are you ready to have kids? Um, you can read all the books and baby and baby proof your house. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing. You're ready to be a head coach. You just kind of prepare yourself and then, um, on the job training and learn on the fly. You're never ready for kids. I have twins, (laughs) so (laughs) no one's ever Uh ready for that either. (laughs) No. So our, our first two, they're, they're not twins. They're 15 months apart. So, so, I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty close, but not twins. Yeah. Well, you're coaching in South Georgia, too. And I know you're familiar with South Georgia because you were a quarterback at Valdosta State. But being in the hot seat like we talked about earlier, being the head coach, what's the pressure like? I know you're just getting settled in, but I know we used to talk to Justin Rogers a lot about this at Colquitt County, and the pressure was insurmountable at times. How are you feeling? <laughs> you know, in I 
one, my administration, the community, nobody's going to put more pressure or higher expectations on myself than I am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to win every game that we go out. That's what, that's what we prepare for is, is, is that going to happen? No. And, you know, and I know that, but you just gotta, you just gotta fully believe in your, in your day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. And you just try to build that program and you, you know, and you want to, you want to sustain it because winning is hard. Like people don't understand how hard winning is. And especially down here in this region. And then, and then all of seven, eight football, um, the good Lord's given me patience and, you know, and ability to, you know, to handle stressful situations. I think you kind of mentioned me being a quarterback, me playing that position. I think it's helped me for my profession. I mean, you know, just, just all the similarities from playing quarterback, can't get too high, can't get too low and all that stuff. I mean, that's, I try to be as even keel as I can, you know, you know, the kids, the kids will never see any panic in me and, you know, and so um, I just try to handle it, handle it the best I can. And I'm I'm just going to do the best job that I can. And hopefully at the end of the day, when we're talking football wise, you know, that's more, that's more wins than the other word. How long did it take you to be patient? Because I know that I'm still working on it every day, John. Yeah, you and me both. (laughs) Because there are a lot of folks out there. I'm sure that yes, they want to win 120 percent of the time. Yes, they want everything to be perfect. And if things don't go perfectly each and every single time, it's there's you get you get frustrated and it the frustration mounts and mounts and mounts and mounts and mounts if you're a hyper perfectionist how long did it take you to understand that patience has to be a part of the deal when it comes to being a coach great question so i learned it i mean i think i learned it when i when i started being a coordinator and that was and and that, and that was a little bit ago at little old Berrien county in nashville georgia mm-hmm. and it was cuz you know you can get as frustrated and and this and that but but it but right there in that situation and in that moment like that doesn't that doesn't help anything and i think you got to know your kids you got to know how they respond and yeah sometimes i get frustrated i i know to this player I can I can react a little bit different, you know. I can maybe, you know, be a little sterner. You can talk to him a little bit louder. You know, this this other one. If you do that, he's going to shut down. And so that's just learning, you know, learning how to deal with your kids. But I but I am very OCD. Anybody that's worked with me um, knows that. So I definitely want everything to be perfect. I just know in the end, you know, it's 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 not going to be. But we're still going to strive to be that. And I've just tried to learn over the years that even if it doesn't, I'm not going to lose it. I'm I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But but we still strive to be that though, and to get there. Your patience will certainly be put to the test. Looking at this schedule and these games you've got coming up, so Stockbridge is next. Let's preview that one before we get too ahead of ourselves. Tell me what you've seen on film from them, and what's it going to take to get another W at home. It's gonna take it's gonna take four quarters of every of everything we got. Like it doesn't. I think they're um, uh, they're four A, but you throw on the film. From what I've seen, they can compete in seven A because they got a lot of really good football players. They're really fast and athletic. 
offensively, they play three running backs. They feature two of them. I think I think one of them's a highly recruited kid. Um, he's a I mean he's a big running back. They got a big physical offensive line. Um, the receivers are, you know, quick, athletic. They got a they got a good quarterback who's mobile. Um, he can you know he can he can tuck it and he can run a little bit. So our defense will have their hands full. And then Stockbridge on defense, um, they base out of a four man front. And I mean it's four dudes that you want to have. I mean they're they're long at the defensive ends. The two ear, the two interior guys are big. They're 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 really physical. In the secondary, they got a corner. He's a one of the one of the top kids in the country. He's committed to Clemson. They have the other corner, who's another Power Five kid. Um, they have a lot of really good football players. Anytime we're going up against an opponent, I look and see if they have good coaches and good players. And Stockbridge has them both. And they're going to come down here, and they're not going to be intimidated. They're not going to be scared of us. And, you know, and you can see on film, I mean, they play with confidence. I mean, they play with swag. And um, so we need to have a great week of practice and, you know, and uh, be able to execute and just play our game that, that, I, that I think we can for the first home game of the season. So Region 17A, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. There are a couple of coaches that you're pretty familiar with. You've spent a lot of time with them. Uh, one happens to be about 40 minutes down the road, let's see, to your southeast, and the other's about another 15 minutes over. Zach Grage at Lowndes, Shelton Felton at Valdosta, you there at Colquitt. Three coaches in the same region that have the, the Rush Probst coaching tree as a, a part uh, of your DNA. I guess my first question in all of this, are Zach and Shelton still in your speed dial or at least six days out of the week? <laughs> One, what is the odds of all that happening, by the way? <laughs> Zero. And, 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 and two, yes, like I saw Grage, you know, at the, uh, at the Classic um, right in between the end of ours and the, and the start of his. Me and Felton, you know, we – we talk, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty frequently. We uh, hung out at the Nike Elite Summit coaches deal here a couple months ago. So we're all we're all buddies. We're all rooting for each other, um, you know, and 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 we want everybody to win every game except when we when we play each other, you know, and, and you know, and that's and they're gonna say the same thing, you know, on game night. You know, I'm I'm gonna. Have a little small talk, but I'm not going to wish them good luck, and they're not going to wish me good luck, and that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean anything. And now, nah, but they're 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 really good men, and they're really good coaches. Both of them have great families. They're they're running great programs, and they're going to do a really good job. And we're all just battling for the same trophy, region and state wise. So, one of the other things that I wanted to to get to to talk to you about today is people that you carry with you from one job to the next. And I mean that not like coaches or everything, but personalities and folks from town to town that you will always carry with you, whether it's uh, in your heart and your messages in these kinds of things. And what I wanted to do was bring up Chase McDaniel really quickly. Yes, sir. And for those that don't know the story, Chase was a football player who was diagnosed with uh, with cancer, then uh, two months admitted into ICU, and this is back, I want to say, 2019. 
And in your office, over your shoulder, and for those that uh, watch the the 1v1 that we did when we were doing Southern Swing, you still have towels, you still have the pictures, you still have uh, those thoughts and images and, and the vibes of Chase, who, uh, who passed away in 2019 back in November. When you bring Chase forward and you bring his legacy forward with you to wherever you stop, whatever your stops are, what are those first conversations like when people sit there and they see you put that towel in that place of prominence in your office, when they see the pictures that you have of, of Chase you know, running out with the football team? What are those first conversations like about who Chase was and what he means to you to this day? I smile um, because I get to, I, I get to share um, stories, how, you know, no matter how brief about um, just an absolutely amazing individual that touched so many lives, you know, his, his brief time on earth and is continuing to touch lives by the way he lived and the way he lived out his last couple months and by his parents and their chase to victory foundation. Um, and it just, it, and it's just awesome. Cause I love, I love sharing about him, his story, you know, cause there's so much more to it than, you know, than, than just the cancer part. And um, yeah, so he's, so he's, so he's, he's with me forever. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm on the board of their chase to victory foundation. That's unbelievable. And everything, everything that they do, um, but he'll always be with me just because of how much he's impacted me, you know, and I talked to our players about that too. Like you want to learn from other people and it doesn't matter the age, like even me, like I can learn from a teenager and, you know, and Chase is one of, is one of those that I learned a lot and, you know, and I still kind of think back to, you know, stuff that, that he has said and done. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a constant reminder um, that I need for sure. What'd you learn? Oh, um, he always talked about, uh, about the most important days today. Um, and that was one of his big sayings. Um, he was an absolute selfless human being, um, Chase and his family are, uh, they believe in the Lord, which I do too. And, you know, and so it was about a lot of servant leadership and, uh, and just, putting everybody first, like Chase is in the hospital and he's going through cancer and he's not doing good. And he's talking to everybody in the hospital about, you know, about in the future, here's what, you know, they can do better to brighten these kids' lives and this and that and how to improve everything. And he's not even worried about himself. He's worried about everybody else. Mm -hmm. And just like, you know, it's just, it's it's just that impact. That's like, wow, like, give me some of that. Like, I need like I like I I I need more of that. And so anyway, that that's just that's just a little bit of it and um but very special. Very special to me and my family. Well, thanks for sharing. I, I wanted to let folks know about Chase and understand about him and his impact that he has to your life, regardless of what city that you're in. I wanted mm-hmm. to to make sure that folks knew about Chase as we got to talk to you for the first time this season now that you're back down there in Moultrie and Cockwood County. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us, and, and thanks for letting everybody know what's going on with you, with your family, and your extended family still back up there in Carrollton. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Glad to have him back in Georgia, John. Yeah, it's, it's fun stuff. And I thought it was it was really cool to be able to to share 
the story about what high school students mean. And, you know, like I said, it just it doesn't matter where you are. You always have those folks that impact you in all of the places that you are. You know, you know Coach mentioned his time at Berrien, you know, Berrien, where you learn from somebody like a Ross New and, uh, you know, have somebody like a, an Ed Pilcher who is at Berrien later on. But, you know, you, you have all those folks that you carry with you. And to be able to, to share the story about what he got to carry with him and still to this day carries with him from Carrollton, sometimes it's uh, those who are 16 and 17 that you learn the lessons from that you carry with you forever. Really important story. So last week was Shamrock story time. Yes. This one is? It's uh, Sean's story time. Oh, it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Story time with Sean. There you go. There we go. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, let's preview our Football Friday in Georgia game of the week. Mm -hmm. We've got Westlake versus Crisp County. 7A versus 3A. Mm -hmm. Westlake lost to North Cobb 21-17 in week one, going 0-1. And Crisp County won their season opener. They go 1-0, beat Dooley County 17-6. This one's going to be fun. Because I you, love Crest County. Well, because it's Cordial. I just, they're a cool little school. Yeah. And, you know, once again, Crisp is one of those schools that, as we mentioned, like a Hateville Charter, mm-hmm. anybody, any place, anytime, yeah, twice on Tuesday, doesn't matter. Well, let's line them up, knock it down, and we'll go. And you have Rico Zachary now coaching back in the high school ranks in the state of Georgia. He's the new head coach at Westlake. And, with uh, with Crisp and what they do, you know, go back going back to Brad Harbor and his tenure. It's like, all right, let's line them up. We'll play. We'll go wherever. And it's you know, we get a, we have a Southern school making their way north to take on Westlake. And so I think that this it's going to be a fun matchup for a bunch of different reasons. We need to get Brad back on the podcast. But yeah, so we we got to go through. We'll just Va- have a check in with Brad. We'll go we'll go through Vaughn Lasseter <laughs> yeah. when, when we have Vaughn yeah. Lasseter on from Bleckley County yeah. to talk about stuff and sing. Like, can you get Brad Harbor on the phone hi, for a second? Hi. Hannah Hannah Vaughn. wants to talk to Brad. Vaughn, we're not actually wanting to talk to you. Can you put Brad on the phone? <laughs> I mean, we could ask. Yeah, we could. <laughs> and I'm sure Vaughn would sit there and he'd go, Brad. <laughs> Hannah wants to talk to and you. Brad would come right over and get on the podcast. Of course he would, and he oh, would, and he man. would, and he would, he would do it in a heartbeat because he wants to talk to you <laughs> always. See, this is the kind of craziness that you're you're starting already. So this is the second weekly show of the year, and you're already causing uh, discord among coaching staffs in the state of Georgia about interview priorities on the show. We're off the rails. We were never on the rails. Staff whip around time. Okay. Lassiter. Yes. We have everybody okay, in so this she, uh, room. Naturally, she goes to her first. Duh. She of goes course. to her lineup first. Of course. Of course. Well, Why would we know. do yours first? I figured we could do mine last. So ev- I actually do have you so last can you explain, on the list. So can you explain what so you're doing? Everyone here in this room and in the production room over there right. went to high school in Georgia. Or, or has ties or to. Or has ties to yes. high school Blender, in so, yes. Yes. Georgia. Family ties. We're stretching it. Yeah. Um, there are connections to all five of us here, whether it's you, me, Commander Sandy, King James, or Jake the Snake. There are ties to all five. So every yes. week we're going to do a quick staff whip round. My Lassiter Trojans, alma mater, mm-hmm. shout out, lost to Etowah 25-17 to 17 okay. at home. See, do we have the prices right, loser horn? I know, horn? we need like a wah-wah. Yeah, see, now if Snake <laughs> could come up with the prices right, loser horn, I think that'd be epic. There we Sandy, go. what's going on with Decatur? Yeah, so I, I looked at the scoreboard like the third quarter, and they were 
getting crushed. And then all of a sudden I saw the final <laughs> score and it was 38-39. I'm like, what happened? I, I don't know. It was crazy. crazy. Yeah. So Flowery Branch. John, what happened? Uh, Flowery Branch won 39-38. That's what happened. <laughs> Survive in advance. Go on to week two. All right, Jake the Snake, Parkview. Oh, he's How not on do? headset. Yeah. What Parkview do, John? Park, Parkview won uh, 52-7 over Johns Creek in their first game. So Snake's off to a 1-0 start with a 45-point win. Strong team. Yes, very. Jake's got a strong team. That they do, and they are ranked in the top 10. Let me see if they're ranked in the top 10. Are they ranked in the top 10? I guess they probably will be now after that, that uh, that's showing. So, yeah, anticipate rankings for Parkview. Anticipate rankings for the Parkview Panthers. All right, so next, who's up? James, right. Central Macon. King James and the Chargers. So what did, what did they do? Well, <laughs> they lost. They lost the West lost, Side. Yeah. They yeah, lost the yeah. West Side. And so the, the directional rival there in. Uh, they lost 39 to 12. And it's the, Sorry, James. It's the 25th season of Shed Risper uh, to be with the, the West Side Macon program. So Shed Risper, friend of the program. Uh, he got the Duke over, over King James's side. So it was uh, Seminoles over Chargers. And 39-12, that was your final. And we're burying the lead here. <laughs> we are completely burying the lead because John's team that is true. got Le- a big W. Lakeside DeKalb beat Burkmar by the score of 20-6. to six. Wow. So we start Morris Starr, who you got to uh, catch up with at DeKalb County Media Day. Love Morris Starr. So uh, then you're getting the, uh, Shout out to Coach Starr. the turf being put in behind the school to help things out back there. So uh, good stuff with Lakeside DeKalb. The Vikings. I say Lakeside, you say Vikings. Lakeside. Vikings. There you Trojans. go. See? I See? refuse. Commander Sandy's hanging out. She knows how this plays. So Lakeside's 1-0. Did I tell the story about how Coach Starr came over and he was like, are you still doing interviews? And I was like, well, yes, sir. I'm, we're still doing interviews. And he said, well, this year I'm going to do one. And I said, I looked for you last year and you avoided me. And he said, I wasn't ready. So I had we had him on and we did the interview and it's posted on GPB Sports, so mm-hmm. go, go check it out. So there we go. So that's your staff whip around. We'll have that every single week. That Unfortunately uh, to all the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun for us. So, yes, it's it's fun for us to catch up with our Alma's Mater. Alma Mater's. Alma Mater's. Alma Mater's, for sure. It's not like mothers and it's not like mothers-in-law. <laughs> oh, gosh. No. Poets Laureate. Mothers-in-laws. Mother, no, it's mothers-in-law. I know. Mothers attorneys General. Attorneys General. Uh, it's Thank be you. Alma Anywho, okay. we will get back to you on this. Yes. Yeah, so for those who are English majors who might know the plurals, uh, the plural of alma mater. Yeah. There's a there's know. a reason we're in sports broadcasting. Exactly. Okay. So our streaming game TBD. Yes. The uh, second screen experience, as John likes to call it. Yep. And we, when we know, we will let you know on all the GPB social media platforms. Yeah. Tomorrow, probably announce it. GPB Sports. Follow us on everywhere. Yes. Um, speaking of social media, we're on TikTok. We're doing a cool challenge. We're on the TikTok. We're doing a cool challenge. Uh, follow us on TikTok at GPB Sports for more information on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, don't forget counting on the kickoff every Thursday with John and I. It is so fun. We talk to you guys in the in the comment section. We preview, we recap, we go in more in depth than we do here on the podcast. So, True. So check that out. Recruiting Accurate. 2022 yes. airs at 7 o'clock before the broadcast. Check. Blogs are coming out. Check. John's still figuring out what he's writing about. Check. And um, Sandy, did, did, did we get everything? Uh, Were all I th- those? I think so. I think the... so. Shout out to Denmark, that TikTok video. Yes, was, Denmark was won our very first TikTok challenge. And there were a lot of folks in that video. There were. I mean, there were like 75,000 people from Denmark High in that TikTok I video. I mean, they took yeah. it seriously. Yeah. It was and really cool. Roswell did a nice job. Yes, they did. So. 
They did. So, Good job, so, did a great so job. Crisp County and Westlake, you mm-hmm. are on the clock for your TikToks. <laughs> John's on TikTok, too. Well, not because GPB Sports said, here, John, read this John, copy. read this read now. The, read this on, on the TikToks. And so I read it. And right. so that's how I'm on the TikToks. I think that's a show. My stomach's growling. So I guess that means it's time for lunch as we're, as we're putting this one together. So for everybody here at GPB Sports, thanks for accessing us however you were doing. So don't forget to like, friend, be a part of the conversation on all the social media platforms, which now include the TikToks for GPB Sports and YouTube as well. For uh, Commander Sandy, for King James, for Jake the Snake, for Hannah, for me, I'm just John. Play it safe, everybody. Thanks to Sean Calhoun of the Cockwood County Packers for being our guest this week. Play it safe. Enjoy the game.